All right, looks like we're live. Welcome to the Part-Time Money Podcast. My name is Philip Taylor with ptmoney.com. And today we have with us uh, uh, an excellent interview, Miss Kim Nimsgern, right, Kim? Yeah, Kim Nimsgern, that's right. And Kim is a, a true part-time entrepreneur. Uh, she recently launched uh, a very interesting product to the market called Click and Curl. It's a hairstyling tool. And if you're watching on the Google Hangout, you can sort of see it behind her there. Um, she's also a full-time um, uh, in, in the higher education field with a technical college. Uh, Kim uh, started Click and Curl in August of 2012, as I understand it, and now five months later is is already doing some wholesale shipping with some companies, and so she's having a lot of success early on, it seems like. So I want to find out from her how she's doing this. You know, we haven't had a lot of physical product companies uh, on this on the podcast, so I'm anxious to hear you know, how she really got this started, and then as well how she's balancing this with her full-time efforts and family and things like that. So, Kim, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. So, first question we always ask is, how'd you get started, uh, or what motivated you to get started doing something part-time like this? Right, that's a good question. So, you know, Phil, I was reading, Philip, I was reading a little bit about your bio, you know, when I was kind of preparing for this, and, and uh, you talked about how you're just a regular guy. And I say that so often, you know, when I'm talking to people is, I was just a person with a good idea, um, or what I hoped was a good idea, what I thought was a good idea. And actually, um, I came up with the concept almost 11 years ago. So while I'm just launching now, it's something that's kind of been percolating for a long time. And, and uh, 10 years ago, when I first came up with the idea, which, which really, um, so yes, yeah, so my product is it's it's click and curl. Essentially, it's a it's a round brush, but it has a detachable handle so that you can leave the brush heads in place and then keep on going. So if you style your hair, which you know, yeah, you might it might make a little more sense. But right. um, but essentially, I had a, a cheap round brush, um, and the glue would give way when I was drying my hair, and the roller would stay. And uh, so I soon realized if I strategically leave it there to cool, I don't have to use my cool shot and I could, uh, you know, and, and I'd get great body and volume. And I thought, well, wouldn't it be great if I had a whole set of these, you know? So, so what turned out to be a cheap product really kind of launched this idea that I'd like, a, I'd like a whole set of these round brushes for my, for my hair to get the kind of body and volume that I wanted. And um, at the time, uh, you know, like I said, 10 years ago, I had two young children. Um, I have teenagers now, so they were like five and six years old. Um, I was working full-time in a nonprofit agency. Um, um, I did, you know, reach out and use some resources at that time. I reached out to SBA and, and uh, SCORE, and, and they kind of pointed me in some directions that was really helpful. You know, they, they uh, hooked me up with a local university where I was able, a group there was able to do a feasibility study. Um, they did a, a, one of the classes for one of the majors, um, actually, as a senior project, took this on and did a prototype. Um, so it's, it's been amazing to me, the resources that are out there for really kind of reasonable or low cost. Um, but the reality was, it was a lot of money. I mean, even though some of it was cheap, you know, in terms of going down the patenting and, and um, trademark and some of the other things it was it was pretty spendy um, and and then just I felt like I had a lot of transferable skills mm -hmm. um, but no real relevant skills like I don't have a background in in cosmetology or hair products I certainly didn't have a background in designing products or manufacturing or um, you know, any of the things that I've been trying to learn along the way um, you know to kind of keep costs down so uh, 
so I, I, I shelved it for a long time. But you know, being an entrepreneur at heart, um, you know, I watched Shark Tank and you know, Homemade Millionaire and How I Made My Millions, you know, and all of those shows, um, and could just never really let it go. Uh, and the other thing is, you know, my husband, he has his own business. He's a, he's a painting contractor, a very large painting contractor in the area. And uh, so, you know, you see that uh, when you work for yourself, the more time you put in, the more, you know, the more comes back to you. And even though I love my job in higher ed, um, uh, there's, there's always something there. Like if I'm going to work as passionately as I do and as hard as I do, um, it would be great if that came back to me. You know what I mean? Um, Whereas right now when I work harder or longer or more in my job at, at uh, Chippewa Valley Technical College, um, it doesn't translate into more income or, you know, it just, just, just a good pat on the back. So that's, uh, so it's always kind of, you know, kind of been there. And um, a couple of years ago, interestingly enough, and I understand now from doing some research this happens a lot, when the economy um, kind of took a, a tank, and my husband's business being very dependent um, on the economy, I I pulled this out and started thinking, you know, uh, it, yeah, I just kind of pulled it off the shelf and said, you know, maybe now's the time to look at this um, and see what we can do. Gotcha. Well, I love the the idea of it. it. Looks fantastic, and it looks like something that would be very useful for women uh, or anyone who has to style their hair in that fashion. So. It uh, looks like a really neat product, but it looks like a complete product in that it's uh, it's it's fully built out now, and it's it's uh, a real thing, you know. I mean, I, as a just a you know small time entrepreneur, I wouldn't have known how to take it from the idea to this real physical product that you're now selling. So um, you mentioned, you know, you, you sort of did a lot of that research and build out on the back end, um, but maybe talk about how you took it from maybe a prototype to an actual physical product that you're selling today. Right. Um, you know, I, I, as I mentioned, I, I feel like I had a lot of transferable skills. I was the executive director and, you know, I worked in higher ed and leadership and, and, uh, you know, manage budgets. Um, but, but really this was all new. So it was just a lot of reading. I mean, just really, you know, books on, you know, on patenting projects and the inventor's Bible and um, a big one really that was very instrumental in, in moving me forward was a book by Kim Levine called Mommy Millionaire um, and she really talks about bringing a product to market. Um, so, so that was, that was helpful um, and, and there, there are lots of resources out there. Of course the internet's a, a great resource as well. Um, but you can't always just Google what you want. I think uh, the biggest thing for me, really, uh, at each roadblock, when I've kind of come up upon a, a point in the process where um, I realized, like, I don't know what to do. I'm kind of stumped. I don't know what to do. And it was really just talking to people. I mean, just really that networking. And sure enough, um, somebody would kind of develop that, oh, you should talk to my uncle, or you should talk to my next-door neighbor, or you should talk to somebody. And, and it was really that, uh, that process of just kind of sharing what I was doing and being open that kind of led me through the, through the next step. Um, a couple of things that have been instrumental is, is I did end up finding a mentor, um, a, a gentleman who actually uh, does all my 3D designs and does that part of it, the CAD drawings. Um, 
has also, he's a local and has uh, brought a product to market. Um, he's been on QVC. He's in lots of major retail stores. Um, so he's been great. You know, so not only, I, I mean, I hire him to do my, my CAD drawings and my design work, um, but he's just become a, a good friend and a good resource along the way um, to, to bounce ideas off of. So I, I think having somebody, um, you know, has, that you can bounce ideas off of and that been, has been there has been helpful. The other, and this was a tough one for me, um, you know, my husband and I so far have, have financed this project completely on our own. Um, so it's always kind of a balance of, you know, where and how to spend your money. I mean, I want to put most of my money into the product, which is where I feel like I'll get the return, right, from sales. Um, but um, um, uh, but I, there's so much I, I don't know that I really need outside professional help. So, so I did end up hiring a consultant that worked with me for three months, and that was really instrumental in keeping, you know, once I decided I was going to do that, moving this project forward. Um, again, somebody who's been there and done that, but that was tough. That was a, a lot of money to invest in that consultant, um, you know, knowing that it would be a helpful resource, but not necessarily investing in my product. Do you know what I mean? Right. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, for people who, who may be interested in doing a similar thing, how did you find the, uh, the mentor? Was he just uh, sort of through a personal network or? Yeah, so I did end up being through a personal network, right? So, you know, so I, so, right, you go on the internet and you find some basic information like, okay, um, I need a prototype. So, so I started there and I went to, interestingly enough, we have about three companies within a 60 mile radius here that, that do prototyping. Um, so I went to the, one of the companies and said, I want to have a prototype made. And they said, well, do you have 3D designs made? And I said, nope. And they said, well, you need to start there. And they sent me to another company and, you know, that, said, that does the 3D designs. And, and, uh, and of course, it was astronomical. It was way outside anything that we could, you know, afford. Um, so, you know, in talking with them, it, it, people really do want to see you succeed. So even though I wasn't able to fund or afford the services they were offering. They're like, well, here's another way to go about it. And through that, then I met this Micah, who's my design person, who did the 3D drawings. And now I had 3D drawings, and I could go back to the prototype place and have the prototype made. Um, so really, um, at, at this level, it has just been personal networking. Gotcha. That's interesting. Uh, you mentioned also, uh, you said sort of generically the internet, but then you mentioned, I think, Millionaire Mommy was the book. Yeah, Mommy Millionaire mm -hmm. by Kim Lee. And uh, are there any other online resources that sort of walk you through this uh, this sort of roadmap to creating your own product, or did you cobble it together with lots of information? Cobbled it together with lots and lots of information. I mean, if, right here I have a whole stack of books that I, you know, Mommy Inventor Handbook, um, Open an Online Business, Web Marketing, Branding, um, The Successful Business Plan. I mean, just right. Okay. Okay. I was just wondering if there's any one website that might be a, a good resource there. Um, but I'll, I'll definitely link to anyone listening. I'll link to uh, those in the, uh, in the podcast show notes, the ones that Kim has mentioned. Um, backing up a little bit, sort of talk, talk to me about that first phase uh, 10 years ago in terms of the cost to get that prototype. I think you said you worked with a school yeah. to get that done. Yeah. Um, and, and spent some money in some other areas initially. Talk maybe about the cost of that initial and sort of where you got it to at that point. Right, right. So there were three things I did about 10 years ago when I first started this product. Um, one was um, I, I worked with a patent agent um, 
to start the patenting process and to, to get a patent on the product. And, um, and through research, realize that there are several ways you can do that. You can write your own patent, you can work with a patent attorney, or you can work with a patent agent. And the patent agent is kind of the middle cost one. Attorneys are a lot more. Um, the agents are, are um, people who have successfully written patents before and are recognized as, as patent writers and eligible to submit. Um, so that was one thing. And that cost was, uh, again, about 10 years ago, was still like, you know, between six and eight thousand dollars. Yeah, right. And and that doesn't even guarantee the patent. You know, when you come out the other side, just because you spent the money writing it and submitting it doesn't even mean you're gonna come out the other side with the patent. Um, so that was one thing I did. The other thing uh, through through the through our uh, University of Wisconsin college system here was the feasibility study and that was done at UW Whitewater. Um, and they um, that was four hundred dollars. Um, so that was really relatively inexpensive for a feasibility study, and and then my prototyping actually was free. A, a UW Stout class as a senior project took that on and took parts that they were able to buy from either the local you know store, Walmart, Kmart, whatever, and um, and a, and a um, hardware store, and you know cobbled something together that 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 resembled a round brush with a detachable handle. Um, so, so great resources, you know, in terms of both the feasibility study and the prototyping being relatively low cost, um, um, and I highly recommend it. But there are some challenges with that as well. First of all, they're, they're students; they're they're learning. So, so while the quality of the feasibility study was good enough to encourage me to kind of continue along or to feel like um, it might be a viable option and to not give up, um, it's probably not the quality of a feasibility study that you you know you would pay a. a a consulting company to, to come up with. Um, right. and, and, and same with the prototype. The other thing, you know, when you're working with students, you're working on their timeline. You know, I, I can't say I need it tomorrow or next week. It's uh, at the end of the semester. And right. and then, and, and again, you're, you're, you know, the risk there was they might come out at the end of the semester failing the class because they never finished it. You know, you don't really know what you're going to end up with. But it just happened to luck out both times and, and, and uh, came up with enough of a prototype that I could show people what I was talking about and how it might work and, and uh, yeah, store it away. So. That sounds good. So that, that makes sense, those three costs. So um, obviously the, if the agent you mentioned, people could just sort of go out and find that uh, available online. With the schools, I mean, most schools regionally would probably help you out with something like that? Yes, you know, and, and, and I, I got the names from, I started with the SBA, you know, the small business office was at one of the, the schools and they were able to tell me what each school was kind of able to do, but right, that's a, it's pretty common is my understanding. Okay, now talk to me about the current phase, and so you decided last year, all right, let's try this again, let's do it serious. Well, you know, what was kind of the things, some of the things you've done and, and some of the investment you've made? Right, right, okay. So, um, and it wasn't just la last year is when we launched. So August, um, August, September, August is when I went to my first show and started showing the public and it was for sale. Um, September is when it actually, uh, when I actually received the product and was able to start selling it. But that process started about a year and a half before that, uh, when I kind of took my prototype off the shelf. Um, I talked a little bit about how I ended up with Micah. And um, the first thing he did actually was just some renderings. Like 
we didn't even start with the 3D CAD drawings or, or going to the prototype. Um, he was just able to do renderings of what the product might look like in, in whole and what it might look like packaged. Um, and then we put together a, a website, a free website. You know, again, you know, it's kind of balancing. That's always been the challenge is um, uh, it, it takes money to make money, and I get that, but um, I'm still self-funding, and you want to spend the money where it's really going to work. So, so for this initial phase, for this concept phase, um, I just went on and opened up a free web page um, so that I could download my pictures and, and the renderings enough that I could um, show put other potential people that I needed to kind of get involved in the process. Um, so, but even, you know, Micah's renderings, which were just pictures, like three or four pictures, you know, were three, four thousand dollars. Um, and that was just to kind of help sell the concept or to jump to show the concept. Um, from there, um, uh, we did go forward. We kind of got some feedback and did some focus groups. And, you know, I put it out there to anybody and everybody, you know, who, who was interested in hearing about it and kind of getting some feedback. And, and then we did do the... Um, the 3D drawings, um, which is an, another couple of thousand dollars, and then the prototype, which is uh, about about twelve hundred dollars for a prototype, um, and uh, and then and then I hit a roadblock because uh, I started going out to to find out what it was going to cost to manufacture, and as uh, as as much as I so, and again in my area here we have Phillips Plastics and we have Five Star Plastics and we have lots of different um, companies that do uh, in, injection molding pieces. Um, the first couple I, I went to were saying, "Well, this is going to be sixty to a hundred thousand dollars just to produce the molds." Yeah. So that was a that, that was a roadblock. That was a stopping point. Like I, I didn't have that. Um, I did, you know, try to talk on the side, you know, to a banker friend, you know, like what are my possibilities in terms of getting a loan? And they're, you know, saying nothing, zero. Nobody's going to give you money for an idea. Um, so if you're going to come up, if you're going to pay that kind of money, you're going to have to find personal backers. And um, and sixty to hundred thousand dollars again for a good idea that we didn't really know what's going to happen was just a little outside of our reach. So. Um, interestingly enough, again, personal network, a friend of mine has an online party supply company and um, they um, called Big Dot of Happiness, it's here in Menominee, and they're doing fabulous, and uh, just in the last five or six years, she's gone to manufacturing all of her own products, so I took her out to lunch, and we, we rarely talk business, but took her out to lunch and said, you know, how are you doing it? You know, this is what I'm hearing, and and uh, and she manufactures abroad. And I said, okay, well, how do I figure out how to do that? I mean, that's certainly nothing I have any experience in. And she hooked me up with with the company that she uses to to oversee her manufacturing. Um, so again, personal network. I mean, you can't Google how do I manufacture and you know abroad. Um, you don't find much. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that's that's where we took it next, and and uh, uh, that process then was um, um, from the from the time I placed my order, and again, you know, that's complicated too, because you have to a minimum order, you have to have so many, you have to fill a container to come, you know, to to bring it into the United States. Um, so that was scary. That's when it really got scary when the numbers got big. You know, we were talking. $25,000 um, up front, um, or at least before I got the product, it was 50% when I placed the order and then 50% when they shipped it. But 
I still hadn't seen the product yet. Um, yeah, so that's when the numbers got a, a little scary. But um, from the time I ordered, which was in February, and then I received the product in, in September, and um, yeah. So where was the, when did the business consultant come along to help you? What oh, yeah. phase? Okay. Mm -hmm. After, about the time that I was started to work and, and knew that, um, that I, I wanted to, that I was going to be able to go forward with manufacturing because manufacturing abroad was, was going to be a, a cost that I could afford. Um, so that's when I brought on the consultant. Like, okay, now I'm, I'm way outside my realm. You know, I've heard horror stories about manufacturing abroad. Uh, you know, that I potentially could spend all this money and have you know a, a pile delivered to the United States of stuff that's just unsellable. Um, so one of the things that I did there, actually, this company that I'm that I'm working with has a U.S.-based office as well as a as well as a an office in China, um, and so that's good. So 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 while I my product was manufactured abroad, the company that I hired or I worked with is a U.S.-based company, and that was a sense of security for me because you know in terms of um, legalities or or those kinds of logistics, the U.S. laws apply. So that was. That was somewhat comforting, and and again, you know, one of the uh, things that was very that was validated by by this consultant that that's a good way to start. Right. Wow. What a what a journey you've been on here. This is, I mean, uh, doing the thing ten years ago. You know, throwing a you know less than ten thousand. It sounds like initially, and then here recently. Uh, you know, thousand, two thousand, three thousand at a time, and then all of a sudden, bam! Let's get serious. Twenty five k. Let's do this thing. Right. Um, so you, you talked a little bit about a feasibility study yes. uh, with the school, and that giving you somewhat confidence. But um, what sort of gave you more confidence, I guess, to say to really invest that twenty-five k at that point? That hey, if I produce this, the people are going to buy it. Right. Right. Um, well, uh, so, so interestingly enough, I, I didn't have I didn't have much more validation other than I thought it was a good idea ten years ago, which is what really helped me to to, to put it on the shelf for a while. Um, and timing is everything, and you know, and so uh, in just the last couple of years, one of the things that's become very popular um, in the beauty industry is these is dry bars or blowout bars. So it's the the whole concept is is really round brush styling. It's 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 um, the, so these salons are doing nothing but blowouts. Um, and when you do a blowout, it's always with a round brush. That's how you get the body and the volume that Click and Curl is kind of designed to to do. Um, so you know, as I saw that becoming more and more of a trend, um, that was kind of validating. And then the big thing was seriously, it was a it was an online um, Forbes. Um, Article about when Kate Middleton was getting married over in you know over in London and Europe and uh, it said how to get the Kate and it had the stylist had a woman's hair with all these round brushes with handles and all just hanging from her hair the whole head was wrapped and so I started doing a little more research and sure enough I found several stylists that that this is that the round brush styling is a common technique and but they just leave the whole brush in place because. Well, they don't have click and curl, so um, <laughs> um, so so that was validating. So that the, the the process wasn't new; it was just the product that was new. That the, yeah. the you know so uh, that was helpful. And um, 
And it is hard to know, though, you know, because, you know, my husband is always a really good reality check that way um, when I, you know, when I'll say, well, so-and-so thought it was a great idea. They loved it. And he's like, well, of course they do. They're your friend and they care about you. <laughs> <laughs> so you do have to really, um, you know, think critically about who's giving you the, the feedback and what their investment is, you know. So, um uh, yeah, so I've kind of, you know, I've tried to, to become good at that, like really, you know, the people that love and care about me, of course, say great things, um, but, you know, to really try to place more value on those that don't know me um, at all, um, all right. you know, how they view the idea. Excellent. Well, I definitely want to get to current sales in a second, and hopefully that'll help us kind of go full circle in that conversation. But backing up a little bit, you talked about go using the patent agent to get the patent. So you did get the patent, right? I do have a patent, yes. Okay. And, and uh, no one had created a patent for this idea before that point? Yeah, well, that's interesting. Um, you know, so when I initially filed, it was, it was rejected because there was a similar concept out there. Um, but in working with my patent attorney, and, and, and this was one of the things that I kind of went back and forth with about really how valuable is a patent. Um, because, you know, what he explained is we just have to show how your concept is just 30% different than the concept that's out there. Um, and, and then we can resubmit and, and, and you'll be fine. And so that's what we were, were able to do. But that was actually one of the reasons that kind of slowed me down because I'm thinking, well, if somebody already has a very similar concept, I mean, it's different, but it's very similar in terms of the, the outcome that the product, um, uh, provides, you know, the, the customer, the end user, um, we, I don't know where they're at in their process. They could be, they could be six months to market and I, you know, and how long is it going to take me to get there? And, and with any new product, um, you know, first to market is, is kind of key. Um, so, so that was one of the reasons I kind of put it on the shelf and then just kind of watched and nothing over the 10 years, nothing really, uh, kind of developed or came out. I kind of would watch from time to time and, and, um, was it the straight hair period? Is that what it was? Yeah, right. It must have been. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then uh, a couple, you know, a year and a half, two years ago, when I started this venture again, I actually looked up that that uh, um, patent to see, you know, where they're at because they can. Uh, if you don't continue to pay your fees over the years, um, then then it becomes null and void, and you know, kind of open to the public. And and so that person actually never did come to market. Never never kept up with her patent. Wow. Yeah. So you still got yours in place, though. You've been paying yeah, your fee. Yeah. And uh, all the for the past ten years, no one sort of put out something that you said wanted to say. Hey, that's sort of my concept. Or did you yeah. think about challenging anyone? Or so, so there are a couple other um, there are a couple other similar products out there, um, but their design is different. And again, you know, it just has to be thirty percent different than than mine. Um, so. Uh, and it, 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 the, when I first realized that, which wasn't very long ago, one actually launched like three months after me, um, and one just a few, six months before me. But I was well into the way and didn't know, you know. I mean, so that's the that's kind of the risk. Um, I haven't done anything with that, nor will I. Um, so at first, it was really kind of scary, um, but then it was actually very validating, and uh, you know that there that it is a need, and that it's you know that other people think it's a good idea. Um, and so, right, I'm just kind of sitting with that, and so far, so good. So, are you selling the product? 
I am selling it. <laughs> awesome. So how did you start selling these? Yes. So one of the things um, that my consultant did was uh, say, you know, was kind of help me figure out how to get into uh, the shows, these big shows. And so last August, which is when I launched it, I went to America's Mart in Atlanta, which is a huge buyer's uh, show. Um, I mean, they, you know, have like 450,000 buyers come through during this, this week uh, time frame. Um, and I was in a building that was, because uh, I've never been to anything like this before, I was in a building that was uh, 13 stories high. And in just my little row, there was like 10 vendors. And it was, it, it was crazy. It was unbelievable. It was like nothing I've ever been to before. Um, and I was in the temp, so she helped me, you know, figure out how to get in and where I needed to be. And um, and I was, uh, in, I I signed up for a booth in the in the temporary. So uh, there are some booths that are there all the time. Um, and then there's small startup companies like me, and not even all of them are smaller startup, but that just come and set up um, on occasion. You know, uh, some of the shows. So so like America Smart will have um, lots of shows in a year, six, eight, ten shows in a year. Um, and I just went to the to the one and set up in the temporaries. Um, and I tell you, I felt like I've told this story a lot. I, you know, kind of felt like a mouse in the lion's den. Yeah. <laughs> you know that there's all these uh, giants, these these, you know, and they're kind of watching me and saying, "Oh, isn't she entertaining? Isn't she kind of right. cute?" But feeling like at any one point they could just go smash, right? <laughs> you know, just smash, you know, smash me like a bug. Um, but, uh, but they didn't, you know, again, that's one of the things that's been so cool about this journey is that uh, people really want you to succeed. I was so uh, impressed with how helpful people were, like other, you know, people that were in similar situations, you know, talking to me about price point, talking to me about other shows I needed to be at, you know, how to figure out who's a reputable sales rep. Um, uh, you know, just, uh, I learned so much there. Um, um, but more importantly, I sold. I sold mm. product. People were buying it, um, and in lots of cases, even outselling the people around me. Which, uh, uh, you know, uh, if if you've ever been to anything like this, I mean, they literally bring in like a whole store. I mean, it, it's crazy, you know. And um, and I was selling from a four by two table. Everything everything I was working from was on a four by two table. And all I had was my product and the click and curl sign that's behind me and, and me. And, uh, and I was placing more orders than people around me. So that was really pretty cool. Awesome. So who are these buyers? For everyone out there who doesn't know, a buyer is someone works for a retail or wholesale outlet that right. purchases, goes out and finds the product that need to be on the shelves, right? Right, right. So who are these buyers? Some of the names that we might recognize? Yeah, it was a combination of, um, of a lot of um, like salon owners that were there that were selling, uh, that were looking, they have a, a, a retail area in their salon, um, gift shops, um, interestingly enough of like hospital gift shops, I had two hospital gift shops that picked up Click and Curl while I was there. Um, I had, um, let's see, who else? Uh, lots of, several salons, as I mentioned. Um, gosh, it's been a long time now. Several of them have reordered, but some haven't. Um, but the big one that came through was linens and things. That was the, you know, you kind of wait for the big, the big, yep, the big boys to come through, and that was one, and they stopped, and it was, 
you know, like a 20-second exchange. Like, you know, I, I like your product. Here's my card. Um, you know, call me when you get done with the show, and, and we'll talk about where we kind of go from here. Um, but, but, yeah, so that was good. Um, um, but more important than that, what was interesting is sales reps were coming through. So um, I met a, a couple of, of key people, um, one sales, one, one rep that reps to QVC. Um, so I'm, I'm really anxious about that. We're, we're going to wait till we have generation two. Well, we've been working, I've been working with that rep, um, but well, the good news is, is I've sold out of all my product. I know. Yeah. So I'm in the process of placing a second order. So we'll be going to, you know, we'll be kind of pitching to QVC with the second generation of Click and Curl. Um, but uh, the reason I've sold out is uh, the sales rep that I, I did end up going with um, does direct uh, direct um, marketing sales, so um, uh, catalog, you know, catalog sales, and yeah. uh, this uh, several catalogs actually have picked it up. But my biggest selling one is an Ameramark catalog, and I'll just hold it up here. It's called Time for Me um, mm -hmm. that I've been featured in, and it's been going gangbusters. Um, uh, Actually, they just asked if they could put it on the, the back cover because it's been selling so well through their catalog, which wow. is prime real estate. I know. So, yeah. So, um, so essentially, they have a purchase order for all of my remaining product that I have in stock um, that will take us through the end of May uh, for their sales. And, uh, and I'm That's trying great. to yeah, get my next order in and get more product here as soon as possible. So how many, uh, okay, so, you know, in terms of revenue you've made so far from Click and Curl, what are we talking about, total revenue? Um, oh, gosh, I didn't really prepare for that question. <laughs> um, so, well, what's, it, what's it sell for, 35 bucks? Yeah, so, yes, around, yeah, between different retailers sell it for different amounts. Um, on my website, it sells for um, $39, which is what most retailers are doing. Um, some will sell it for a little bit less. I've had some sell it for, for $49, for $50. So um, it kind of it kind of depends. Um, but um, most all of my sales have been wholesale. So I've more than doubled my investment in terms of you know what it costs for manufacturing. My, you know I, I get about 2.5%. Um, uh, so if I pay 10, if I paid Five dollars, I get twelve dollars a unit. I got gotcha. you. Two and a half times. Yeah, two and a half times. Yep. That's great. So, um, so considering you had already invested twenty-five to forty thousand dollars. Yeah. So you, you, you uh, maybe maybe close to a hundred grand in sales. Yes. And should you know you know yeah I'll I'll cover all my costs and. Um, and, and again, keep in mind when I say that I've kept my overhead very low. You know, I'm still working from home. Um, you know, like my click and curls are in my basement. You know, when I ship out, and um, so yeah, so kept my overhead very low. Um, um, trying to do as much of, as I can on my own. Um, right. So I will cover my costs and 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 have enough to um, pay the first fifty percent of my next order. So. Does the manufacturer handle packaging for you as well? They do. Yep. I, I do the they yeah. So when I get it, it's retail ready. It uh, it comes out of the box and it's ready for me to send off to you know who's ever who's ever purchased it. I so so Micah and and my 
designer actually design the packaging. You know, we send over the the content, but they yep they box it and package it, and it's retail ready by the time I receive it. Do you sell any through the website? I do. I, I sell um, uh, some through through my website, but you know, I haven't done any. I haven't paid any money for marketing at all. Um, so, so really, the sales on my website are relatively low. Where it's uh, going gangbusters is Amazon. Oh, you yeah. got it to Amazon. So, nice. Yeah. So I, I do sell um, retail through Amazon as well, and um, you know I'll uh, I'll sell upwards of twelve units a day. Nice. Yeah. Again, uh, with no marketing. You know, I mean, with that, I have not spent. Well, it depends what you call as marketing. Obviously, my my cost to go to the show and you know, I mean, some of the things like that. But right. Well. Um, I guess you can consider the cost, whatever Amazon's cut is of yeah. putting it in their marketplace. So what do they take from the cut? Uh, they take um, like two and a half percent, I think. Yeah, that's not bad at all. Yeah. So yeah, you're making a pretty good deal there. Uh, what's it cost to make per 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 kit? Per, yeah. So my cost is six seventy five. Okay, and that's awesome. Wow, that's really great. So, um, whoo, man, is your husband thinking about uh, shutting down his, his painting co company anytime soon? <laughs> no, no, neither one of us are thinking about giving up our day job, you know, so I still work full-time. Yeah, let, let's talk about that. Uh, you know, you're doing the full-time thing right now. Any plans to stop doing that? or? Uh, you know, that's a really precarious you know, position to be in because um, I really – rely like I said John and I have been able to fund this ourselves um, and uh, so the income from my job and his job obviously are, are what's what's doing that and um, and yet uh, you only get out of you know you only get out of something what you put into it so you know so that's my concern I, I need to keep my day job to keep funding what I'm doing but as long as I'm working full-time at my day job that doesn't leave as many hours as I'd like or probably need uh, for this venture and, uh, and 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 worried that you know will I be able to grow it to its full potential if I'm still working full time? So you know, uh, every couple of weeks we we kind of have that conversation like what's what's the what's the cutoff? At what point do we say okay we're 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 gonna you know make the the full leap? And um, do you want to do that? Uh, you know that's uh, so I I I really I mean this venture has been so exciting, but I like my day job. I really sure. like working in higher ed uh, a lot, um, and I know I'm good at that. You know, so like I said, I still sometimes feel like that mouse in the lion's den. Like it's going good right now, but at any point in time, I feel like I could still be squashed like a bug. So um, yeah, so that's that that's part of the risk too. Is I know I'm good at my day job, and uh, and I'm learning every day. You know, with this venture. But uh, it's 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 challenging. Yeah, yeah. Well, and maybe you'll have to uh, bring in bring in some help at some point, some yeah. contract help or something. That, and I think that's what we're you know looking at at doing is is uh, just keeping the status quo and, and bringing in help to to cover what we want. But you know, the other challenge is you know when I set this set out to do this, that's always the the grand dream, right? That I can quit my day job and work for myself and you know and make lots of money. That would be awesome. Um, uh, and to have more time with the family, you know, I know you said in your bio too that you're, you know, you're a husband and a father too, and 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 
and that's my pr first priority too, is, is being a wife and, and being a mom and, and having that time. But really, right now, it feels like I have two full-time jobs. I work all day and I, I come home and start all over. And um, so that's a little that's a little challenging too, you know, to figure out how long I'm really going to be able to to manage this and live the quality of life that we want to as well. So. Yeah, amen to that. I feel you there. That's a challenge. That's going to continue to be a challenge, especially it sounds like as you can have more success with this, with more orders coming and and it sounds like expansion into a second line or, or, yeah. or a second yeah. version or a second line. Yeah, so we're so we're going to make some changes. You know, we've gotten some really good customer feedback. Um, right now, the set comes with five rollers. We're going to add a sixth roller. Um, we're working on adding some additional um, uh, items to the line. You know, in terms of clips and a carry bag and um, uh, it, and upping the quality a bit. You know, again, like I said, that's been my challenge the whole time because I'm self-funding. I want to um, spend what I need to so it's quality and it's retail ready and 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 customers want to buy it, um, but also keeping the, the costs reasonable so that I can actually bring it to market. And and now that we've kind of come this far, we're gonna we're gonna, you know, my, my next sets won't be you won't won't be six seventy five a unit. They'll be a bit more. Um, but you know, I I, it's, I think it's a it's a good move. But if I'm able to order more, then my prices will go down again too. So yeah, I could naturally see you having sort of a professional or salon quality product. And then more of a consumer product that doesn't have to be as durable or as sleek as the salon model. Right, right. And, and that's what, you know, my, my current model is very consumer, consumer friendly product. Right. Yep, it's designed for consumers. So was that trade show sort of enough to propel you right now at this point? Or do you have plans to, for further uh, marketing? No, I will continue. Uh, so when when I get generation two, um, then I'll I'll hit another uh, couple of shows next summer and um, and fall again, and hopefully, like I said, you know we're going to be um, presenting to to the buyers at QVC. Um, so hopefully, some of those things will 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 help. I I'd like to not have to go to shows all the time, um, but that's really the the main way that you know the wholesale. Um, sales come about is from the shows. Gotcha. So I've heard on Shark Tank before uh, the sales reps can often make a lot of promises to you about what they can do or whatever. But so maybe share some insights as to how you know you're dealing with a, a, a quality sales rep that you're that's helping you propel your business. Right. So when I came back from the Atlanta show and having met lots of sales reps um, there, that was the, the first thing that I realized is I needed um, friends in high places on my side. Um, so the first thing I did when I got back was get myself an, an attorney uh, to run everything by. Um, so, and again, you know, learning from some of the horror stories that friends were, you know, my new friends at the show were willing to share. Uh, that was one of the things is is to make sure you get in with reputable people and you don't sign away things that you didn't intend to when you read the contracts. Um, so having an attorney has been key uh, to review those with. But um, because I'm small, um, a lot of the sales reps that have were attracted to me are also uh, smaller groups and organizations, and so they're growing and building too. Um, so that's been nice because they. 
yeah, I, I've just been lucky. I've come across really quality people who have cared about the product and are wanting to see it succeed, and so far, so good. That's great. That's great. And have you talked to your full-time employer about this situation? And if so, you know, was there sort of a negotiation about, hey, I won't, this won't encroach on my time? Or Yes, yes. Um, so I, I actually switched jobs during during this this time frame. Um, I was at one institution for uh, ten years, and and now just a year ago moved now to Chippewa Valley Technical College where I'm at now. Um, and uh, if for whatever reason, I I didn't think I should share it with my employer at my last job. And and as it kind of grew, and I be, you know became excited, then all of a sudden it's this big thing, and I hadn't shared it with them. And and I felt really bad and, and kind of awkward and uncomfortable about about that. Um, but I, I didn't know, you know, I didn't know how they take it or you know what the reaction would be. Um, so when I moved to my new employer, um, uh, that was one of the things I did right away. Was I was just kind of upfront and open about it, and they've been great. You know, they've been they've been really good um, in terms of. Uh, yeah, being supportive and hoping that it goes well. Um, and the expectation is, and 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 I try to be a very ethical person, is that I, when I'm there, I I, I work, and when I'm here, when I'm not there, then I'm then I'm doing click and curl stuff. So gotcha. Uh, but that's hard, though. It is. You know, sometimes your mind is yeah in another place. You know, that's for sure. You know, and I know. You know, I have my cell phone at work, and it's ringing, and I'm sure it's about click and curl, and you know, and I won't take those calls. Um, and and then and then worried, right? You know, what am I missing out on? You know, what what momentum or opportunity did maybe just slip through the cracks because I have this full time job? So, yeah. Um, yeah. So how are you balancing the time? You know, some of the tricks you're using or advice you could give people. Yeah. Well, luckily, um, I have a very supportive family, uh, and my kids are a little bit older now. Like I said, they're teenagers, so they're excited about the product too. Um, you know, when possible, you know, I try to you know incorporate them. You know, sometimes we'll we'll have um, uh, relay lines or you know conveyor lines kind of going. You know, you do this. You know, stuffing instructions and quality checking the product before it goes out. And you know, they're all all of them now can box up a package and ship it out. You know, on their own. So, uh, so, so even though I'm working, you know, they're helping me out and we're kind of spending time together. But bottom line. Um, Families first. So if my kids are sick or they need help with homework, uh, click and curl goes on hold and, until that's taken care of. And, and if that means a little less sleep some weeks or some nights, then, then that's you know just the way it is. So That's cool. That's awesome. So anything we didn't cover that you thought we should? Um, no. I think we've, yeah, we've kind of covered a lot. Okay. Well, it's a, it's a great story. And I'm so happy for you and your success. And it sounds like it's going to be a great uh, 2013 for you um, with new sales and new orders coming in. And sounds like you, you got a good approach to your balance. And uh, man, this is just exciting. So maybe I'll see you on Shark Tank uh, pretty soon. So. Thank you. That would be great. Yeah. Thank you. Well, where can people find out more about Click and Curl? Sure. So I have a, a website, um, www.click n the letter n dash curl.com that's uh that's where all my information is so if people are interested in for wholesale reasons or you know to see right what the product's all about or buy the product that would be the best place to go very good very good well thank you again for being on with us and sharing your inspirational story and educational story uh, again we'll have all the links in the show notes 
and links to uh, Kim's site there as well. Um, that's it. Thanks so much, Kim. Thanks. Thanks, Bill. It's nice to meet you. All right.